Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Alrighty, what is new, podcast friends? Uh, today we are talking about my favorite post-production um, plugins. This is everything from uh, like visual effects uh, to add-ons um, to audio, now, anything in regards to the post-production um, process, right? Uh, so the first thing I actually like to use uh, are footage layers. Uh, these could be like particles, light leaks, lens flares. Um, I like to overlay them um, on top of footage uh, for certain for certain things, obviously, right? Um, but I like these uh, these types of um, uh, layers, right? It's not really a plugin, right? You have to put on top of your actual clip. Um, but I like using these types of 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 effects uh, rather than built-in effects because uh, I have usually more control over. Uh, like particle layers and light leak layers and uh, lens flare layers, right? It just it just adds something a little bit a little bit more um, a little bit more dramatic or ethereal um, to the footage, uh, without having to use like an actual plugin, right? Which sometimes the things with plugins uh, is they're they're kind of like computer dependent. If your computer is faster or not as fast, sometimes the plugins can be like very daunting to use, right? Just because it, it takes up so much like GPU resources or memory and, and things like that um, and in every uh, program every NLE uh, behaves differently depending on what pl- on what uh, plugin you're using uh, I would say the only one the only program that I have had really good success with is Final Cut Pro 10 um, their plugins seem to work really fast uh, for whatever reason uh, but I don't know things have changed right so whether you're on Premiere or if you are in Resolve right there are plugins um, for all these NLEs now. So footage layers, uh, you can find them pretty easily. You know, you can go on YouTube and you can just download uh, some of them. Uh, there are sites like uh, artgrid.io, uh, who has like a uh, like a sister site to artlist.io. Uh, their stock footage and their background layer footage, I like a lot. Uh, and I am uh, a, a brand ambassador for Artgrid and for Artlist, uh, just a heads up. Uh, but again, I have been using Artlist, uh, all the music stuff for the past two years, and I've been paying for it. And I'm still paying for it. Um, but Artgrid is a new um, a new site that they added uh, a few months ago. And I've actually really liked uh, the quality and the variety of the footage over something like, say, Storyblocks, which I have been using Storyblocks over three years now. So I, again, I have their subscription um the stock footage on storyblocks is okay it's pretty pretty mediocre to be honest you know a lot of it looks like it was shot on like a t3i like a vast majority of it there's a couple of good ones in there but not like a vast but you know not enough for you to like want to pay for it um i do use your after effects templates which are which are pretty handy uh, but yeah for footage layers uh, again try youtube uh, youtube search like uh, light leak 4K lens flare stuff like that. Um, I think premiumbeat.com. Uh, I've used a couple of their free ones. Uh, pretty good actually for uh, light streaks and light leaks. <clears throat> uh, and again, they're just appropriate for for whatever kind of uh, clipper project that you're um, 
that you're trying to enhance, right? Uh, okay, so the ne these next ones uh, are paid, uh, meaning you have to you have to buy them. And I, I'm not sponsored by any of these uh, plugin people. These ones I have paid for myself. Um, and also, I can kind of give you like a like a compare contrast of um, uh, some programs that actually have these types of plugins built in. Uh, but generally, you have to pay for the program release, right? So the first one is Renoiser by Red Giant. Uh, Renoiser is a grain um, plugin, right? So you can you can adjust the uh, grain for for the midtones, for the for the uh, the highlights, for the shadows. You can adjust a type of grain, like thirty five millimeter, sixteen millimeter, classic thirty five millimeter, three perf, five perf, all those things, right? Um, you can adjust like the R, the red, green, and blue channel for the grain. So it's very granular. I mean, you can get really nitty gritty with the with the grain, and uh, why you would want to use uh, grain, uh, for example, is say you have to denoise um, a clip just because there's a lot of uh, a lot of noise in, in the image, right? When you denoise, it takes away the um, the the grain or the noise. Excuse me, from the clip. But what it also does is it reduces the image fidelity, right? Meaning you're not going to see the detail that you normally would if you had not used a, a denoising type of plugin, right? Things will look not not only soft, like say someone's face, um, but you'll also lose detail from uh, the clothing, from uh, background interior or exterior, whatever you're, whatever you're filming, objects, right, in the scene that uh, helped kind of like production design, right? Um, so uh, adding noise back in or, or adding grain back in is very handy. Um, the only other... NLE that actually has built-in uh, noise, uh, built-in grain is DaVinci Resolve, which costs $2.99 for the studio version. Only the studio version has uh, grain enabled in it. Uh, so there's there's the uh, there's a compare contrast uh, for that. Um, the next plugin I use, which I've been using still for the past three years, is Magic Bullet Looks. Um, when I first started color grading using LUTs, things like that, right? I didn't like like all of you guys, right? I didn't really know. Um, how to go about it. So using LUTs gives you an idea of what a shot could look like, right? And then um, my philosophy is if you're going to use LUTs in the beginning, use LUTs so that way you can learn how to reverse engineer what the LUT is doing so that way you don't have to be dependent on the LUT. Uh, so in the beginning, I was using some of like their built-in LUTs like, or built-in looks like uh, Hollywood and um, Sepia, things like that, right? Uh, so that way I could learn. Now I still use Magic Bowl Looks, but I only actually use the uh, film emulation from Magic Bowl Looks. So there is uh, two sections of, uh, well actually there's like six sections in Magic Bowl Looks, um, and each one has different types of uh, color grading and color correction and effects layers you can add onto it, right? All in one kind of a UI panel. And so um, in the uh, in, one, in one of the panels, there is one for a film negative, so film negative uh, would be like your your traditional, um, uh, what is it? Uh, your your traditional film negative stock, right? Like um, uh, fifty two nineteen five hundred T tungsten, or fifty two eighteen, uh, or you know the very popular Fuji uh, Fuji film e Eterna five hundred, so on and so forth, right? I believe there are twenty two different film stocks you can use. 
And then uh, to coincide with the film stock, it, with the film negative is the digital print or the film print, um, which there's only four of them. And usually, you know, you're looking at 23, uh, what is it, 2383, right? 2383 uh, Kodak uh, film print. So when you combine them, that gives you, say, like um, a look, right? Not necessarily a lot, but like a look. And you can, um, you can change the intensity for both the negative and the film print. So make it less contrasty, more contrasty. Uh, you can also reduce the saturation of both. You can also, uh, there's, a, there's a slider for uh, vintage or modern. So when you go more, um, when you go more vintage, the highlights for me, depending on again what film stock you're using, tend to look more like emulsified. They look a little bit more, uh, they, they tend to bloom more and, um, and based upon the film stock, it'll try to like suppress the highlights. Not really necessarily in like a very pleasing way. It's literally just kind of like lowering the white point, right? Um, and so I, I use that uh, for, for the majority of my color grading um, uh, work, right? Is Magic Bowl looks, again, just, just a film emulation. Um, and then with Magic Bowl looks, there's, there's all sorts of things. There's, there's a duo, duo tone plugin that I use um, within Magic Bowl looks that basically um, gives you like silvery shadows. So you can, you can adjust it too, where it'll add uh, green and cyan um, into your shadows, right? And you can adjust how much you want into it. Um, and then there's also like a light version of a re-noiser re within Magic Bowl looks. Um, it doesn't give you um, as fine of control as the actual Renoiser plugin. Um, but I, I actually believe Renoiser uh, right now might be, they might be discontinuing it just because Magic Bullocks kind of has it. Um, so there's that. Uh, the next plugin is called Cosmo, again from Red Giant. And uh, Cosmo is sort of like a beauty plugin, right? So it'll help to, uh, what's the word? Uh, it'll help to like reduce a lot of like blemishes and wrinkles and like spot removal. Um, you know, things that like say uh, a Tiffin black sand filter will will do in camera. Cosmo will help to like fix a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Um, and DaVinci Resolve does have a version of that uh, called Beauty. It's, it's really just called Beauty plugin. And it does the same thing, right? Well, it'll try to like smooth out skin tones. Um, it'll it'll allow you to uh, remove certain, um, or not remove, but kind of like blend, uh, maybe like pimples and things like that into like the skin. So it doesn't stand out. Um, and so it comes in handy every now and then. Uh, I haven't used Cosmo in a while just because DaVinci Resolve has the beauty plugin, uh, which I actually used recently um, on, um, on on this online course that I've been editing for a client um, because it's a lot, it's like, you know, each section is like 30, 40, 50 minutes. And when you're looking at someone's face for that long, you tend to see all the, all the imperfections, so to speak, right? So the beauty plugin, uh, did come in handy on on uh, one section of the uh, of the online course, uh, but it, you know prior to that, I haven't used a beauty plugin in like maybe two years. Uh, but again, Cosmo, I actually did buy that uh, because it, it it did come in handy every now and then when I was uh, using it at the time. Uh, let's see, uh, Pluralize uh, is an audio plugin. I'm pretty sure most of you know what Pluralize is. Or you've heard of it. Um, it allows you to sync up multiple video clips. Uh, and audio clips. So say you're doing multi-cam, um, a live event, 10 cameras, that's a, that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of angles you're getting. 
and uh, say you have, you know, because each camera has their own audio, uh, their own audio input, uh, just for scratch audio, for reference audio, and then all that is going into uh, a big, a large mixing board, right? Um, how would you normally do that in Premiere Pro? It's probably going to be pretty messy, right? Um, so Pluralize allows you to easily sync up all those things. And then what it, it'll do um, is it'll it'll allow you to export a, um, a XML file. Uh, two different types, one for Final Cut Pro, uh, actually three types, one for Final Cut Pro, which also works for DaVinci Resolve. And then another one for um, Premiere Pro slash After Effects. Oh, actually more Premiere Pro. Uh, you wouldn't be editing all those things in After Effects anyways. Um, so it's, it comes in really handy and my success rate, probably like 98%. There was maybe like one or two times where it just wasn't syncing up um, one of the cameras I was using for whatever reason. Uh, but I mean, 98% is pretty good, right? Um, and Pearlize is one of those programs, uh, just like Magic Bull looks, just like Cosmo. Um, where you pay for it once and then you get all the updates for free. As long as they keep updating the uh, the actual software. Uh, so Pluralize, uh, very, very handy. Um, I don't do a ton of like huge multicam stuff, like three, four or five cameras. Uh, but in the times where I, I have had to do those, comes in very handy and I still, I still have it on my computer. And uh, the last one is a Null Light Factory. This is also from Red Giant. Uh, this is basically like an anamorphic flare plugin, right? Um, it is pretty like GPU intensive, um, meaning, you know, like I have an iMac pro, the base iMac pro, and I have to render the clip, uh, if I put it on there, like there's no way around, I have to render the clip. Even if I'm at a quarter resolution, it's pretty, like, it's pretty demanding as a plugin. Um, but it has a ton of anamorphic flares. I think there's three or four different categories. And then within each category has like 16 to 25 different anamorphic flares, right? Um, from like your, your classic, um, uh, like your, like your classic Panavision C series or G series or T series, right? Um, uh, what's that? Uh, Star Trek, um, the one with Chris Pratt, uh, those ones, uh, uh, I believe the cinematographer was Dan Mandel on, on all of them, or, or at least most of them. And he's a big fan of like the Panavision uh, C series and, and and T series, right? Like like lots of flares, right? Lots and lots of flares all over the place. Uh, and then so No Life Factory, uh, you know, again gives you so many different types of flares, which is nice. Um, it helps to kind of spruce things up, and then it allows you to add tracking points. So you could either um, track the light based upon like a light source. So say there is like a uh, a practical light in in the shot you and the cameras maybe panning or tilting or something like that you can use that that light source as a tracking point so you can you can just track um the the light source itself without having to like manually do stuff um so pretty nice um that's sort of like a, a specialty plugin that i might use once or twice a year um this year i used it uh back in february or january when we were doing the stat nutrition commercial um, I had a drone shot and unfortunately when we showed up the, it was overcast and I was hoping it would be, um, uh, sunny and the sun didn't come out, uh, for like two and a half hours. So, you know, we were waiting, we we're waiting. And I just said, you know what, screw it. Let's just shoot. You know, so I got the drone up and that was one of those instances where, you know, looking at the footage, you're like, oh my God, this is like terrible just cause it's overcast and not to say overcast is bad. It was just, uh, what we were going for, I, I didn't want overcast. 
I needed sun uh, because it would have helped to create a lot more layers. So, you know, in the grade, uh, we warm up uh, the shot quite a bit. And then we uh, we add no light factory to create like a fake um, a, a fake uh, light flare. Right. Um, and I think I mean, the sun is like kind of showing in the shot, like like, I mean, you can barely see it, you know, so that, that gives you like the motivation to add that um, that little uh, peak of interest, right? Using no light factor, using an anamorphic flare to kind of spruce things up. Uh, and that is it. That does it for the plugins. Um, let me know what kind of plugins you guys, um, are using uh, to help your projects, to help your, your footage out, uh, in, in any sort of way. Cause maybe there's plugins that uh, I have looked at, right? So hard. There's like, there's like so many hundreds of plugins now. So it's hard to keep track of the ones that you're actually using, you know? Um, but yeah, again, I would appreciate if you rated the, uh, the podcast, let me know if you like it or not. If you are enjoying the content, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, and I will see you guys in the next episode.